the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Monday morning. So glad to have you with us today. I'm Gabby Smith along with Alicia Quibido and Damien Colado. Hey guys, good, good morning. morning. Good morning. Fourth Sunday and Advent was yesterday. Wow. Wow. Love seeing all the candles <laughs> lit, but I was like, oh my goodness, one week left. So, <laughs> not even. <laughs> well, it was yesterday. Yeah. It was yesterday. There was a yes. Yes. when we let it. I'm sorry. So. I thought you were speaking today, in the present. Today is also the Feast of Blessed Urban V. So let's start this morning in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. O God, who through the childbearing of the Holy Virgin graciously revealed the radiance of your glory to the world, grant we pray that we may venerate with integrity of faith the mystery of so wondrous an incarnation and always celebrate it with due reverence. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, blessed, blessed Urban V, pray for us. Pray for us. We have a great show for you today, starting off with some events in your listening area. Damien will give you details about in eight minutes. Gary Zimak joins us in 18 minutes. He's a founder of Following the Truth Ministry and a Catholic author. And today he joins us to talk about avoiding holiday stress. There's still time to avoid holiday stress. So Gary's going to give us details about that. In 35 minutes, Alan Migliorato joins us. He's a co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens today. And we're going to talk about Christmas family traditions. I love talking about these every year. I look forward to it. So it's going to be a great conversation with Alan. And in 48 minutes, Dr. David Whitten joins Damian and Alicia in the Baton Rouge studio. He's a professor of theology over at Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University, also known as Fran U in Baton Rouge. And he's going to be talking about God, fertility, and fostering. So great guest today, great conversations. Grab that cup of coffee maybe that hot cup of cocoa if you're kind of switching things up this time of year and get ready for a wonderful show. But it's also super chilly outside, which is why you want to grab that hot drink, right, Damien? You may want to keep it with you all day long. It's going to be cold (laughs) and wet. That's the forecast for today. And um, rain is on the way. You can expect showers throughout most of the day, 80% chance of rain. And that will continue through tomorrow morning off and on. Uh, Temperatures, whew, we're, high is going to be in the upper 40s, if you could believe that. And winds are out of the northeast at about 10 to 15 miles an hour to add a little more misery to the forecast. Uh, it, <laughs> keep an umbrella handy. You're going to need it. 
as well as his jacket. Tomorrow, uh, as I said, you'll see some of the showers move out. Temperature is going to get up to maybe 50 degrees, so it'll warm up just a tad. Whoopee. And winds will continue to blow out of the east-northeast at about 10 to 15 miles an hour. So the wind chill is going to be mm-hmm. another 4 or 5 degrees lower than whatever the temperature is. Speaking of temperatures, in and around the area, the cool spot, Gulfport, it's 41. Elsewhere, New Orleans, 48. Baton Rouge, it's 44. Covington, 42. And in Homa Thibodeau, it's 49 degrees. So be prepared. Cold, wet, winter is here. <laughs> yes, it is. Just what Gabby loves. That's right. Well, yeah. You know, well, I love sweaters. Cl- I was going to say, socks, it's better so than wearing shorts and flip-flops on Christmas, right? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it should though. be chilly on I don't Christmas. Know. Tell yeah. the people in Hawaii that. In the meantime, don't go too far. It's only five after the hour. We got more coming your way on Wake Up. Good Monday morning, I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from Luke, chapter 1. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the priestly division of Abijah. His wife was from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both were righteous in the eyes of God, observing all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blamelessly. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Once, when he was serving as priest in his division's turn before God, according to the practice of the priestly service, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord to burn incense. Then, when the whole assembly of the people was praying outside at the hour of the incense offering, the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was troubled by what he saw, and fear came upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall name him John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers toward children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous, to prepare a people fit for the Lord. Then Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel said to him in reply, I am Gabriel, who stand before God. I was sent to speak to you and to announce to you this good news. But now you will be speechless and unable to talk until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled at their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and were amazed that he stayed so long in the sanctuary. But when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He was gesturing to them, but remained mute. Then, when his days of ministry were completed, he went home. After this time, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she went into seclusion for five months, saying, So has the Lord done for me at a time when he has seen fit to take away my disgrace before others. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. The announcement of John's birth is significant because it anticipates the new covenant. Zechariah and Elizabeth are a continuation of the faithful remnant of Old Testament Israel. 
Both are of priestly stock. Elizabeth was barren. She was also too old to conceive. Yet God used Elizabeth's barrenness to bring forth the miraculous birth of a holy person, just as he did for Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Hannah. Luke's gospel begins and ends in the temple, and so does the infancy narrative. The two altars of the temple signify two covenants. John's advent heralds the end of the Old Testament worship, the law and its priesthood. Jesus inaugurates the new. By beginning his gospel with Old Testament saints, Luke shows that his gospel about Jesus must be understood in connection with Israel and the Old Testament. St. Augustine observed that Zechariah's sacrifice in the temple was a sacrifice praying for the Messiah to come. St. Ambrose taught that John's greatness came from the presence of the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. John will precede Christ in the Spirit and the power of Elijah for the Spirit always comes with power. The parallel between the announcement of the births of John and Jesus highlights the relationship between John and Jesus in salvation history. Elizabeth's barrenness and Mary's virginity stand in sharp contrast, but together they announce that God is acting in a miraculous way at this climatic moment in human history. Zachariah's silence is caused by his doubt of God's word and promise. He exemplifies Israel that often did not listen to the voice of the prophets. In this we can see ourselves, for we often do not take to heart God's revelation. Pregnant Elizabeth will keep herself in seclusion, but God will reveal her blessed state to Mary who will bring Jesus to meet his precursor. Mary also brings Jesus to us, God's people. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, James, and also thank you, Father Chris Decker. It is 12 after the hour on a Monday morning. Good morning, everyone. December 19th, and Christmas is fastly approaching, and you know what that means? What? We're going to play real Christmas music for Christmas. That's right. Beginning December 26th through December 28th, you're going to hear nonstop good classical Christmas music on our radio stations, whether you're in New Orleans, whether you're in Baton Rouge. It doesn't matter. You're going to hear it. Except for we'll have the rosary and we'll still have the mass. And the chaplet. So from noon to one and the chaplet Mm -hmm. at three. But outside of that, it's pure Christmas music. Uh, It won't be the secular stuff that you hear. Nothing against it. But hey, if you really want to get into that true Christmas spirit, tune in from the 26th to the 28th of December, and you're going to hear it from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. all three days.
That's very, it's wonderful. Yes. I had a little taste of that yesterday afternoon. Uh, in EWM, EWTN programming, they played the Christmas, their Christmas card, and it was beautiful messages from the folks there and Christmas music. So it's not too early to register for a women's axe retreat. St. George Catholic Church in Baton Rouge has an axe retreat coming up March 9th through 13th. Registration is due by January 9th, which is why we're t- letting you know today. Uh, so you can check that out. It'll be at Rosaryville Retreat Center in Ponchatoula. Uh, there is a cost of $350 to provide uh, all the different room and board and all that good stuff. Uh, there is financial aid available if you are in need. Space is limited to only 36 women. It is for women 21 years and older. Uh, St. George parishioners are given first priority, but apply if you uh, are not even in the parish. You can go to st georgeorg axe to find out more information. They're asking that you don't call their parish office, just go to the website. So that'll be a wonderful one, Gabby. Most definitely. Real quick, Metairie Men's Axe Retreat, January 26th through the 29th. I will post this in the comment section for today's Facebook Live video. It's going to be at the Archdiocesan Retreat Center in Metairie. Uh, pretty much all the information, like Alicia, Alicia just said, but for the guys, like I said, I'll post it in the comment section in a few seconds. <laughs> it's 15 past the hour on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for December 19th. Today we celebrate Blessed Pope Urban V. In 1362, the man elected Pope declined the office. When the cardinals could not find another person among them for that important office, they turned to a relative stranger, the holy person we honor today. The new Pope Urban V proved to be a wise choice. A Benedictine monk and canon lawyer, He was deeply spiritual and brilliant. He lived simply and modestly, which did not always earn him friends among clergymen who had become used to comfort and privilege. Still, he pressed for reform and saw to the restoration of churches and monasteries. Except for a brief period, he spent most of his eight years as Pope living away from Rome at Avignon, seat of the papacy from 1309 until shortly after his death. He came close but was not able to achieve one of his biggest goals, reuniting Eastern and Western churches. As Pope, Urban continued to follow the Benedictine rule. Shortly before his death in 1370, he asked to be moved from the papal palace to the nearby home of his brother so he could say goodbye to the ordinary people he had so often helped. The new Saint of the Day app is available now for your smartphone or tablet. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour. Thanks so much for tuning into Wake Up on this beautiful yet crisp morning. We're so glad to have you join us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Damian Clotto. Our first guest today is Gary Zemag. He's a Catholic author and founder of Following the Truth. And we are just days away from Christmas Day. And today, Gary joins us to talk about avoiding holiday stress. Good morning, Gary. Thanks for being with us. Hey, Gabby. It's great to be here. Thank you once again for having me on. Absolutely. How timely is this? Obviously, we always try to get into the spirit of the season, of course, secularly and and, 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 in, our, and in the Catholic 
tradition and everything like that. Combining those two, actually recently saw a YouTube video, I think it was a couple of days ago, and it was just this mom and the video says, say no during the holiday season. Say no to all the different things that you are expected to do, the Christmas cards, the cookies, you know, all the traditions, the elf on the shelf, whatever it is <laughs> that could possibly stress you out. There's so many things, seems like it pops up every year, Gary, but the reason for the season, this is the time that we should try to find some peace right yeah it is and gabby you are so right and and just everybody i talk to seems to be seems to be frazzled and and overwhelmed by by the preparation for christmas that it's easy to understand why we lose sight of the real meaning of the seasons because all these externals and not that they're bad but we just want to be careful Mm -hmm. that we're not we don't get swept up in them and 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 we make make it a point to spend some time with the Lord preparing. We, we still have a week of Advent to go. And, you know, Advent yeah. is a tough season because there's so many things going on in our lives. It's such a busy time that we have to really make it a point to make it a conscious decision to spend time with Jesus and, and to welcome, to get ready to welcome him by cleaning up some space in our lives for him. Absolutely. So how can we maintain that peace? You know, there's still time. Some of us, I I said it before, my dad always did his Christmas shopping Christmas Eve and took my brother and I to the mall. And I remember that being so stressful for me because I always got my Christmas shopping done so early so I could try and enjoy Advent and Christmas and everything like that. So how can we maintain our peace with just days away? You know, I mean, obviously, what you said is is really good advice to try to get some of the thing, some of the things that you have to done get get done, get them done early. But you know, Gabby, I think the the major piece of advice that um, that I would give, and it's something that I'm working on in, in my own life this year, is maybe to lower our expectations for the externals mm-hmm. of Christmas. You know, it might not be the perfect Christmas that you see on TV. It might not be what you see in the Hallmark movies. It might not be what you, <laughs> it used to be. And, and I think if you, if you accept that, and, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm living this. I see this in my own life this year. There's some things, some family things going on, and it's not the same. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the same externally this year. And if you maybe lower the expectations, okay, it's not going to be perfect, but that's okay because Jesus still came into the world, and if I make room for him, He's going to come more deeply into my life. That's a given. That's all. That's never going to change. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I'm going to end up having more peace because Jesus will be working through me. But that's that's a conscious choice that we have to make, and it's a tough one because of the the external things associated with the Christmas season. Absolutely. Well, there are certain things maybe we can do around our house that can kind of put us in the mood, maybe put the Christmas tree on, turn off the lights. One of my favorite things when the tree is just illuminated in the room, um, it really just puts me in a peaceful mood, a peaceful spirit and realizing what's going to be happening in a few days, not only gathering with family, but bringing baby Jesus out and placing him on the manger. I remember as a kid, that being one of my favorite things to do. Um, but mm. realizing that our, our baby, our Lord is coming and, and he's soon to be born. He, exactly. And, and, you know, I think one of the problems sometimes, it's a problem that I've always had, 
um, <laughs> in the past, is that we focus on Christmas is all about his birth. Well, he was born 2,000 years ago, so how, <laughs> w- what exactly does that mean to me today? And then also Advent mm-hmm. is about the second coming of Jesus. And a lot of people say, well, he hasn't come for 2,000 years. I probably have plenty of time. So somehow, right, somehow we have to get it to today. And, and I think that's the key. While both of those other things are important, we have to be prepared to welcome him today. And that is an absolute guarantee. Mm-hmm. If we prepare and make space for him in our lives, he's going to come. And I think that's, that's what Advent is all about. And, um, you know, if we do that, then we're going to make room for him, and, and he will occupy the this, this space that we make for him. And our lives are going to change today because mm-hmm. of that. Absolutely. You know, sometimes for a lot of people, this time of the year is not the best time of year. You know, uh, this may, this may be the first year that they are without a family member during the Christmas season, or maybe it's a stressful time. They know they're about to reunite with some difficult family members around the table or around, uh, just being with family, any advice on that stress and anxiety as we near that gathering, that time of gathering and, and what, what can we do? Gary, to kind of turn our uh, mind and heart to what's important this time of year? You know, I think, Abby, the first thing is to recognize that that stress, that feeling, that, that discord or that, those, that sadness is real. I mean, we can't suppress it, yeah. but at the same time, use it as an opportunity to draw closer to Jesus and to literally, and you know, so many people just can't even conceptualize what that means. Like, well, he's not really real. You know, he seems imaginary. Mm-hmm. Give him a chance. And that's what I, that's what, that's what I mm-hmm. have done. That's what I try to do every day. Spend time with him. Make it a point to try to get to daily mass if you can. Uh, go to confession. Have these encounters with Jesus. Read the daily mass readings if you can't go to mass. And, and make it a point to talk to Jesus. He, one of the things I've learned is he becomes more real as we speak to him, even though he might seem imaginary at first, he's very real to me right now. And I want him to become even mm-hmm. more real. So, and, and that's, that's come about by just me talking to him. He never gets offended. I could tell him anything because he knows everything anyway. So I can have right. any discussion with him. And I often do. And, and as you start to do that, you begin to feel peace, a little bit more peace. And then it, it grows, mm-hmm. even though the externals might be, um, you might be surrounded by sadness or difficult situations. Absolutely. Uh, every year I kind of get some anxiety because there's always that one family member that always brings up politics and religion. And now that my cousins <laughs> are all older and we all can vote now, we all have different opinions uh, uh, yeah. or, or, you know, have moved to different paths. And it's always kind of like a little brawl. And I'm just sitting there uh, watching everyone. Uh, and it's, it can be stressful, but, uh, Gary, you know, sometimes I know this is the first year for our family that we're all together on Christmas Eve and can go to mass together, which got my mother really excited and started planning things like we were when we were kids. Cause we all live in different places now. Um, you know, anything that you can, uh, give as we prepare any advice you can give t- as we prepare for this time, uh, to be with those family members, taking it all in and realizing that that moment, even if it's for a few minutes or a few hours is a blessing just to be with those people. Yeah, you know, I think I, I think the main thing to remember is that we, we can't do this on our own. You know, we all have those difficult right. situations. I'm going to be going into one this 
this Christmas, being with some family members. There have been some difficulties, and I know it's not going to be a lot of fun, but we, my mm-hmm. wife and I have already been praying about this situation and asking the Holy Spirit to work in us and, and recognizing that we, we can't do this alone and to also recognize the fact that you know, Jesus was constantly surrounded by annoying people. I mean, people are always trying to trip mm-hmm. him up with the apostles didn't understand what he was talking about. No matter where he went, he was with difficult people, and he never avoided anybody. And that's, that's the challenge. I have a really hard time with that, and, and I am really depending on the Lord to, to help me with that. So I would just say ask for help. Ask for the grace yeah. to get through whatever it is that you have to get through, and also for the grace to appreciate the, the present moment, because we just never know when things are going to change. Absolutely. We never know when those traditions have to be changed or will be changed. Um, But even stepping into the Adoration Chapel for five minutes and asking God, please help me guide my words, guide my thoughts, self-control, anything. (laughs) But, you know, it's always such a beautiful time with the hustle and bustle and the stress. It can be such a beautiful time. Gary, we have about a minute. Where can we go to find out more about you, your newsletter, your podcast, your, your books? Because you have a lot of stuff on your website. I, I do, Gabby. The best place is my website, followingthetruth.com. And I just want to say all through Advent, my daily email reflections have been focused on the, the daily mass readings. So if anybody's interested in signing up for them, they're totally free of charge. I send out a daily reflection each day. Followingthetruth.com is the place to go. All you need to do is supply your email address and, and you'll be all set. Real quick, uh, 30 seconds, favorite family Christmas tradition, Gary, what is it? Oh man, you're killing me with this one. I <laughs> You got you know, it. You know what? See, we, we didn't prepare for this one. Let me just say, going to midnight mass. We we have done that yeah. in the past and we skipped for a couple of years and now my family, the girls and Eileen and myself, we're all committed to staying up late and going to midnight mass and that's it. We're really looking forward yeah. to that. We'll be right. We'll be right there with you too. We're doing midnight mass as well. We haven't done it in a few years, uh, but uh, with the whole family getting together for the first time in a long time, uh, that's what we're going to be doing. Thank you so much, Gary. Have a wonderful rest of your Advent and a Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you, Gabby. Merry Christmas to you and everyone who's listening. God bless. Absolutely. Gary Zimek, founder of Following the Truth and Catholic author. You can go to followingthetruth.com. Stay with us. Alan Migliorato joins us right after the break. It's half past the hour on Wake Up. Morning. It's 35 minutes after the hour. Thanks for tuning in to Wake Up. I'm Alicia Quibido with Gabby Smith and Damian Collado. We're joined this Monday as we are every Monday by our friend Alan Miglerado. He is the author of The Manly Art of Raising a Daughter and co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. He's also the founder of Adventure Catholic Youth Leadership Formation Training. That's a mouthful. Good morning, Alan. Hmm. Hey, good morning, Lisa. How are you? Great, thank you. How are you? Good, good. Doing great. Is it chilly in sunny Florida? It is 48 degrees right now. Ooh, okay. Okay. Well, you know what? It is beginning to look a lot like Christmas. We lit that fourth candle on the Advent uh, uh, wreath yesterday, and uh, now now it's uh, crunch time, right? 
<laughs> yeah, a lot of times, you know, especially teens are like, okay, we lit the fourth candle, let's open some presents. <laughs> you know, and, like, slow it down, slow it down. You know, I think that's so important for Christmas because, and young kids get so excited, you know, they want to rush out and, and just tear into some presents, you know, and, and there's there's a certain beauty in, in, like, them wanting to express that innocent, you know, uh, expression of just joy, you know, like, they're 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 so grateful, you know, for everything. And uh, we want to kind of, as parents, just just slow Christmas morning down a little. Yes. I, I, that's my that's my tip for for this year for parents at Christmas is just slow things down because you know you you spend a lot of time you know putting into Christmas and and, and Advent and waiting mm-hmm. and that and that that spirit does not have to end on Christmas morning. That's right. And so just maybe maybe take us up. Take it down a notch, you know, like slow it down, really enjoy one another in Christmas morning. Uh, maybe even take a break if you're opening presents, you know, and take a break and, 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 and just and, and have something to eat together or, or just pray together. Like we, we'll do that in Christmas morning. We don't, we're not going to, we don't really pray before we open the presents, but like, right, you know, right after, you know, we're, right. we're going to eat together. We'll pray and just thank, thank God for, for everything. And you know, for those less fortunate that he protects those less fortunate and, and ways to, to just really embrace the season and live in the moment, in the present time. And that's so important because we miss God in the present. We can find him in the future. We hope for him. I mean, we hope for him in the future. We can find him in the past. But a lot of times in the present, we, we just don't see him. And so I think it's because we're moving too fast. Sure, sure. Yeah, we're so busy, caught up in all the, uh, the motion, especially of the day, to remember. That's one thing that I, you know, we always go to Christmas Eve Mass, and I love that. I think it's so beautiful. But on Christmas, I miss it. That makes sense, you know. Like, I, yeah. I and I think we used to go on Christmas morning, and then we had children, and so uh, you know, it's hard when they've had a candy cane for breakfast mm-hmm. to uh, you know go to mass <laughs> and fully participate. So we always go uh, in the evening, and and our you know our son was Jesus in the you know the the Christmas during the homily at our parish, and so and that was always that children's mass is always in the evening on Christmas Eve. But I do miss that. Uh, on Christmas, and, and you know, they're probably old enough now, but anyway, uh, Miss Christmas Morning Mass, there's just something about that. For me, it, it's the same thing, but I'm also an um, Easter Morning Mass goer. I like being oh, yeah. there on yeah, that. that's beautiful. So, so, so tell us, we, we, t- we were going to talk about Christmas traditions today. I have a couple that I can share with you, but, but um, mm-hmm. talk about what, how a, a tradition, and particularly a Christmas tradition, is important for our children. Oh, that the one thing that kids will remember out of their entire lives. Like, if you think back to your through your life, you're not going to remember necessarily how extra or hard your parents worked, or, or you know, the the biggest house that you lived in on the block, mm-hmm. or who had the fastest car. But you remember the times you spent together, yes. and and that's such a beautiful thing. Is you know, waking up Christmas morning, being together as a family. You know, and I know that's hard for some families who are who are separated, you know, or yes. or there's parents who are divorced. And and either way, like you've, we create these traditions with our kids to make the best out of our our situations. And mm-hmm. and that's such an important thing because we pull back on those. On Christmas Eve, we go to like a four o'clock mass. It's, that's what that's kind of been our tradition for a long time. And they all they invite all the kids to bring a bell. 
right? Any kind of bell that they want. Um, mm-hmm. Cowbell, That's you can bring like small little jingle bells. But during the Gloria, the the pastor, our pastor invites the kids to like, you know, shake the bells during the Gloria. That's and then precious. he says, okay, now that. now put them away. <laughs> I was thinking it. that. Okay. That's a lot of angels <laughs> getting their us. wings. All the that's what he says. You know, he says, as we know. <laughs> So that, that's been our tradition, you know, and it's such a beautiful thing because our kids remember that. And whether or not, you know, they're home as they get older, you know, or what they're doing in their lives, that's something that hopefully that tradition gets passed down to their families and, and they create their own traditions with a twist. I love it. I love it. But I'm sure not every mother appreciates bringing all the bells to church, just saying. Trying to keep those quiet during mass is uh, challenging, but what a beautiful moment um, I would assume hearing all those bells ring during the Gloria. Um, we no, have, I'm, I'm going to share uh, one, one tradition that we actually started was not a tradition that we did um, as children, but when my daughter was probably, so she has an October birthday, so probably her second Christmas, um, we started having uh, for dessert after Christmas on Christmas day, we have a birthday cake. So we have a happy birthday, Jesus birthday cake. We always have it written on if we have it, if I order it or if we make it. Um, and then we have candles. We always sing happy birthday. And then my sister has one child. So when her fate, we're always all together. So the three children, my two children and my sister's child, uh, blow out the candle for birthday baby Jesus's birthday. And the funny part is now they're, you know, 20, 18 and 16. We still have the happy birthday Jesus cake. But last year, I'm just going to tell a funny story on us. My sister and I made the icing. Actually, it was the year before last. And and we did it a little too runny. So the birthday cake actually said happy birthday Jesus instead of happy birthday Jesus. And my kids now say, mom, are we going to have a happy birthday Jesus cake? <laughs> like, of course we are. <laughs> this year I'm ordering it from a bakery. Wow. But anyway, okay. we always have a happy birthday Jesus uh, uh, cake. And it's just a great way to end our our meal. And, um, and it's precious. Our children, since they were tiny, singing happy birthday to Jesus. So. Who got you know, to blow out the candles? I think that's such an important thing. Oh. That is so important because, you know, we, we worry so much sometimes about traditions going perfectly. Like we burn yeah. the rolls during yeah. Thanksgiving or we, you know, or the, like the cake doesn't come out right. And I think like that we, as we make the best of it and we laugh at ourselves, that's what makes these traditions mm-hmm. great. Yes. You know, like yeah. now, like now it's not okay. Oh, now we've got to have another cake for Jesus. He doesn't even like Power Rangers, mom. Why are you putting Power Rangers on? <laughs> so like, you know, it's one of those things where we, we screw up and that's part yes. of life and just to enjoy each other. And it, and it becomes, that becomes the tradition. So you may have to make another runny cake. That's right. Right. It might have to be another high for the Jesus cake, but, um, but it is, it is great. And I think all, <laughs> I personally, you know, I have in my mind what I want Christmas to look like. So when we're hosting it at our our house, which is every other year, um, because we go to my sister the other the other time, I it's easy to be disappointed if you place too much pressure on yourself for this to be a perfect day. And and I have to remind myself of that constantly. You know, it's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't do this or I wanted to have this, but you know what, amongst the chaos and there's, you know, wrapping paper and dirty dishes everywhere, but we all get around the table, turn down the lights and blow out that, sing happy birthday and blow out that candle. It's just for me, uh, 
a great way for me to remember. It doesn't matter. And the happy birthday Jesus cake that didn't turn out was great too. And we still laugh about it. So, uh, so well, that's fun... where, where my tip was is just to enjoy one another, you know, cause yes. like you said, like things are going to go wrong. And I think God never laughs harder than when we, we have plans, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. and for, for things. And he's like, really? So you're, tell me more about your plans while, mm-hmm. while reality is happening. Uh-huh. You know, and it's like, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it and go with it. Things are going to go wrong. Don't be stressed out. It's okay if you burn the turkey. It's really not the end of the world. Right. You know, at least you have a turkey to burn. So, like, right. let's be grateful. Right, right. Gosh, that's a great reminder. Alan Miglerado, he is the co-author of Failing Forward Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. You can find out all about him at his website. Alan, let our listeners know where they can find out about you and about your wonderful ministry. AdventureCatholic.com or on Facebook, you can reach us at Adventure Catholic. And a Merry Christmas and Happy New New Year to you guys and to all your listeners. God bless you. Thank you so much, Alan. Merry Christmas and uh, God bless you too. We'll look forward to talking to you in 2023. I can't believe it, but we will talk to you in 2023. Thanks so much for joining (laughs) us, Alan. God bless you. Of course. You too. Thank you. Hey, stick around. Dr. David Witten from Fran U in Baton Rouge is here in the studio with Damien and I. We're going to talk uh, with him right after the break. It is 15 minutes before the hour on Wake Up. minutes before the top of the hour happy monday to you december 19th and we are now with our regular guest dr david Witten, professor of theology at franciscan missionaries of our lady university in baton rouge better known as fran U. doc welcome to the studio again good to see you guys as always yeah yeah well our topic today god fertility and fostering Pretty good topic considering the fact the birth of Jesus is coming up and St. Joseph was the foster father. Share with us your thoughts. Yeah, so uh, the, the readings for today were really fascinating to me as I was thinking about coming in um, because they're all about uh, fertility, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you see Samson's mother in the Old Testament. You see um, John the Baptist's mother, right, who was experiencing infertility, uh, and then God uh, gives them these children. What a wonderful gift that is. And um, you know, those are really powerful readings, um, but they can also be for some of the women in our parish is really difficult, right? Because uh-huh. they're experiencing infertility, and that can be just a really tough spiritual struggle for a lot of women. Um, Alicia and I were talking about this, and we experienced it for a couple of years. Um, I've got friends who you know sort of know that they're permanently uh, dealing with this. Mm-hmm. It's a real challenge, and so they can read these readings and they're like, well, "What about me?" Right? Um, and as I always point out to my students, you know, the very first thing that God says to human beings when he creates him is be fertile and multiply. Um, mm-hmm. So like, okay, God, right. I'm here. I'm ready to do this. Yeah. How yeah. come it's not yeah. working, right? And so, um, you know, it, you know, you can, I remember my wife, you know, we were, you know, when we were experiencing our infertility, um, sitting next to me while people were going up to receive the Eucharist. And, you know, mm-hmm. she sees these, you know, pregnant women trailing three kids. And like, you know, again, um, so it can be, you read these readings, it can be really tough for a lot of women, especially at this time of year, right, when we're mm-hmm. celebrating the birth of a baby, um, to, to, to come to terms with that. Yeah. Uh, so it's it can be really, uh, and so I think we have to attend to that and be uh, aware of that. Of course, there are other ways um, to really engage in the life of, of children. You know, we, we were talking with Alan, you were talking with Alan just a few minutes ago about um, about the Christmas, and I, was, and I was thinking about these traditions. I was like, you know, one of the things I think we need to rethink 
uh, Christmas is really not about us and about a tradition, um, but as an act of hospitality, right? They're, what we're really doing in Christmas is we're receiving the gift of, of Jesus as a kind of act of hospitality and others and our family and, and so on. And so it's sort of a messy hospitality, yes, uh, as yes. it often, you know, as maybe we mess up our cakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this act of hospitality of receiving a child is an, another way that we can experience this. Uh, is through the foster system. You know, y'all had uh, Tyler Morrow from uh, Casa here mm-hmm. on on Thursday. You had somebody else talking about yes. this on on Friday, uh, and this is again an, another pro life thing that we don't always think about as pro life. But um, when we foster children, uh, we're taking young, innocent children who've uh, been neglected or abused or whatever the case may be, and as an act of Christian hospitality, bringing them into our homes uh, and giving them a safe place. Uh, to kind of recuperate and to thrive and to flourish uh, while they're there. Yeah, so how does one discern openness to that? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously prayer, right? Um, prayer and conversation with, with either spiritual directors. Um, and then, you know, the training process, the application process uh, is also, I think, now, while it's done by the state, so it's not really directed towards spiritual <laughs> right, right. Di- uh, discernment, um, nevertheless gives you that but time. But you should. But you should, right? Yeah. You can use it like the training there to think about, okay, you know, am I able to take a kid who's been traumatized right. into my house and, and, and take their chaos um, and help give them some structure and some love uh, and some safety that they need? Because uh, not everybody's called to do that, right? This is one of the things that, that mm-hmm. with uh, with Casa that we learned last week. You know, not every family can bring a child into their house uh, because there's a lot of extra things. You know, there's extra doctor appointments. Mm-hmm. You have kids with special needs. You have weekly appointments with the parents. With you know, we've got our caseworkers coming in to visit our house today, mm-hmm. right? Just to make sure. Yeah. So those are all little things that maybe not everybody can do. But there's lots of other ways that as Catholics we can really support uh, these foster children. Um, you know, whether it's being a volunteer with CASA or giving money to support these things, um, or, you know, we've had a lot of friends who've helped us with child care. Uh, I mean, when we received our, our, the gift of our, our foster child, you know, our community rallied around us. They, you know, they were giving us toys and strollers and, you know, changing. And one of our neighbors like, here, I've got this changing table I don't need. You know, we'd gotten rid of all that stuff. Yes. I mean, my wife called me on, on Tuesday and said, we're getting a foster baby tomorrow. Can you go to Walmart and get some diapers? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, everything changes. Oh, yeah. And, and being able to adapt to that is a challenge for the, for the parents, but also for the foster child. Absolutely. Because, because the foster st- child... No matter what environment they come from, there's still that attachment yeah. from a biological standpoint. Absolutely. I mean, probably in our case, because we got a three-month-old, the attachment wasn't it's a little strong. Yeah. But you get a, a three-year-old, I mean, all they've known are those parents mm-hmm. uh, or parent, um, and they still love them in spite of the neglect or the abuse or whatever the case may be. So, you know, they're experiencing their own kind of separation anxieties and, and challenges, and they probably, you know, haven't been in the most stable situation uh, so you know, it's, it's their own kind of trauma for them even being pulled out, even if it's you know, the best thing for them for a while. Yeah. Did, through the foster program, did, did they provide counseling for the child? or is If there needed, any... absolutely. Okay. So like uh, right now, uh, ours, ours is in physical therapy. Mm-hmm. Our physical therapist is coming to our house today, uh, and the state provides that. Of course, okay. the state, uh, all the kids who are in the foster system um, are automatically enrolled in Medicaid, so you don't have to pay for their health care. Okay. Um, I mean, this... 
to their credit, the state does make it so that you really aren't spending a lot of money on this. So it's usually okay. not a financial drain. In yes. fact, they give you some money mm -hmm. um, to help pay for your expenses. Okay. Um, so we haven't, financially, it hasn't had a, an in, a real mm -hmm. impact on us, okay. Um, okay. which is good. That is right. um, and so there are other things that the, the state does for um, these children, but they can't, the state can't love somebody only only human beings that's right can, yes. can love somebody and children are gifts from god absolutely and and whether and, you bear that child or you adopt right. absolutely exactly. and this is a way to sort of be fruitful and multiply mm -hmm. uh when you maybe at a stage in life when you can't have yes. your own children and and really um give these kids a kind of environment that we want to give to jesus right so mm -hmm. thinking you know, I mean, Jesus says, right, in Matthew 25, you know, you know, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. Well, I mean, taking a baby into your home or helping a foster family that you know, mm -hmm. uh, if this is a way of receiving Jesus um, in, the, in the smallest child uh, that we know. So it's a really, I think, important way that we can think at Christmas mm -hmm. about yes. how we can um, help little children uh, who are innocent uh, and, uh, and, and so on. And just one other quick thing. You know, I've heard a lot of people talk about Joseph as a father, foster father, mm -hmm. and I've, I've been thinking about that. I think we have to be really careful with that um, mm -hmm. because foster parents are parents of children who've been neglected and abused, and I think we want to be yes. careful to suggest in some way that God might have neglected or abused Jesus by sending uh, him down to earth. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, it makes a lot I've of never sense. Yeah, yeah, that's always just, been a term that I've always thought made to me, made Joseph seem distant yeah. by yeah. calling him a foster father. Although well, and I, and you're he not clearly distant, loved him. It's more of an yes. adoptive relationship, right? Right. right. Than, than, I agree. So, uh, but yes. they, the term is. I mean, yes. I get the, I get the intent yeah. because what you have is a father who really loves his son mm -hmm. and brings him through. But I just yes. want to be careful about how we think about that. That's is, just a theologian. Is there a website where people can go to find out more information about fostering? Sure. Actually, you can go to the Department of Children and Family Services, okay. uh, and okay. they've got links to a lot of their community partners okay. around. That's the best place to start. Okay, great. Okay. Wow. Uh, and the San Damiano Cross has arrived. Yes. Yeah, so at, Fran, uh, Yu. Fran Yu. Fran has a, a new building coming up, and we have this amazing 16-foot uh, uh, cross, San Damiano Cross. Yes. It's going to be installed probably this week. Okay. You'll be able to see it from the street. It's, it's going to be a spectacular. Can't wait to uh, see and it. I hope, yes. I hope you will get to see it soon. Well, Dr. So David Wooden, thank you for joining us. Always Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas. God bless you. you. And we're going to wrap up with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Here is Jesus and Mary. I pray that you will watch over us and our loved ones and bless our country with peace and love. Please take care of all those defending our nation and protect us from harm. Amen. amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Steve Ray joins us. He's going to talk about the Christmas season, Dr. Paul Thigpen, and so much more. Have a wonderful Monday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Radio.